Hi guys, James Corsier here from Money Paradox. Hope you're all doing well. This week, we've got the second part of my interview with Henry, who is an A&E doctor. We go deep and personal on all things money, talking about where he's come from, really poor background, all the way to where he is now, very financially successful, you know, in I think it was less than three years of coming out of university, getting his first property, huge. And, you know, he's made some mistakes along the way. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the lessons he learned from his successes. So, guys, I hope you find it as interesting as I did conducting the interview. Stay safe and see you soon. so few do. The reason why that, that's at the core of, of this podcast is because becoming financially free, so unrestricted from money when it comes to living the life that you want, is very simple. It's because the principles are there. It's, it's absolutely doable. That's just kind of what you've covered off in an element just from now. But for most people, they don't do that. They get stuck with money. They feel restricted constantly. And the big difference for a lot of people in this particular area is whatever money they have, the default is to spend it. Okay, so instead of thinking, well, what is it that I actually want for my life? And then thinking, well, well, how do I get that with the money that I have? So that forward planning. In addition, decoupling spending money with getting enjoyment. Okay, because yes, when you spend money on something you want, you get enjoyment. But the key thing is how much enjoyment. Not everything is equal. You can spend a lot of money on things and get not very much enjoyment. And so an easy way is just to spend money and get that enjoyment. But what I think you're effectively saying is you're saying, well, it does yes, that's the case, but it's not proportional. So what are the things instead of thinking, how do I spend money to enjoy myself? How do I enjoy myself? What are all the things I can do to enjoy myself? And then well, of those, what are the cheapest? Or how do I get those things in the cheapest possible way? Exactly. Thereby opening up how much you can do it. And that, I think, is just one of the core things. When you look at people who have a life where they've, they've not found money as a restriction or managed to improve that considerably versus those that haven't, I think that really is at the, at, at the heart of it. So... I think that's a very important, I think, lesson, right, to take take away, right? And and the thing is, you kind of learn that, right? You learn that through early things, and you saw that that was. Well, I learned it because yeah, we had to, right? You know, I was so captivated by you abroad. I, the i the idea to wait a year to go travelling again was like, it was like torturous. It was such an incredible year. So it was huge leverage in my life to be like, the fact that I had to wait that long was that was so tough. And it felt like forever. So I just had to make it possible. Because I know I would look up to it and think about it. And I think James was saying it as well. Never. So like we were forced into it. But like mm. if you are in a position where you don't have that. And it's something that I want to talk about later. It's because that fundamental rule that I incorporated from a very young age was super powerful. But there was a point in my life where 
that ease and then disappeared. And I actually got myself in a financial position. I've never been in a, you know, I've never been in like debt or financial, I've never like had to be bailed out, but my my approach to finance, it did change when I when I started working. Well, what was it that changed? What what made you kind of go from, from being really effective in that area to suddenly losing traction? Yeah, we can talk about it now because I think it's a powerful one. You know, you know, to summarize what we've talked about is from a very young age, we had no money and it was tough, really tough. And it went on for years and years and years and we dreamed big. And then when we got little, tiny little support networks to try and get big, like EMA or a paper round or 200 pound a month in Guyana, we used it, you know, as far as it would go. But then I graduated med school and I suddenly had a salary and it was a decent salary. I was a doctor and I was living in central London. It wasn't an amazing salary. I still remember it was like, the base salary as a first year doctor was like 23,500, which you know is pretty good, but it's, you know, for someone who's gone to med school for five years and you know, it could be better what I thought at the time. But that principle of, you know, making every pound count softened a little bit because I now had a salary that was guaranteed to come into my account every month. And it was a pretty good one. And so those hard and fast rules, I went out the window a little bit and I felt like I deserve it. And you know, in many respects I did, you know, I had a hard life. I worked extremely hard to get into the position I did. But that, you know, stretch every penny and pound softened a little bit. And as my salary started to increase, my respect for money and that, that rule went out the window a bit because I felt like I had a hard life and I felt I deserved luxuries. And what James just highlighted earlier, and I started to spend more money to get more enjoyment. And I think that balance is a difficult one to get used to, especially if you increase your earning potential quickly. And that was something that I did and I was as quickly as I could. And so I got to a point where I, I stretched every penny a pound, I had these incredible experiences. So for example, I spent a year in Guyana, incredible, and then three months in like, you know, Thailand, India, I spent three months in South Africa, all these crazy trips. So when I graduated, I went on, what, two or three holidays a year of one or two weeks each. So it was much less time out the country and it was costing me much more money. And was it any more enjoyable? Probably not. My, fun, my most favorite times traveling were in Israel, in Guyana, where I lived. And so I quit, I, I, without realizing, I, lo I lost that respect for money and, and that, that wall went out the window. And taking it a step further, subconsciously I was realizing that was playing out. And so instead of my mind saying, how do I spend less money? How do I save more money? How do I get back on track? What I think most people do and what I did was how do I earn more money? Because when you feel poor and you feel restrictive and you feel like everything's not, the income and the outcome's not marrying up, your first approach is to earn more money. And I was in a job that being created, you could do that. But really what I should have asked myself first, and I think if I went to someone for advice or I had spoken to James at the time, is to spend less money, to save more, to be more resourceful with your money. Because every pound you earn more and every pound you spend less, it's still the net difference in your bank account. And I think that's very important. And that's what sewing I realized in the last six months, which has been powerful for me. And that was probably the biggest mistake I've had financially in my life, was winning to start and start to good, good money. I didn't cap my spending potential because before it was capped because I had no money to play with. So it was externally capped. And so it was when I started earning money, it was capped by just how much I earned that month.
And I just want to explain that because that's where I went wrong a little bit. I never went that far wrong. Don't get me wrong, I've always had a great life well, since what we talked about. Yeah, so I think a couple, a couple of things come up for me there. One is when you look at the topic of money, you want to be making sure you're addressing all of the key pillars. And if you rely just on one or some of them, you, you, you're going to struggle and not get the most out of it. So temptation is to say, well, okay, so I'm not happy financially or I want to improve myself financially and not to be less restrictive in my life. I'm just going to pursue earning. I'm going to just keep making more. Yes, you make more money. You can have more money to spend and then, then you're going to do better. But if you haven't got your spending nailed, if you haven't got your savings nailed, if you haven't got how you view money and the beliefs around that nailed, then it's not really going to work. It's like you're building all this energy into the system and then you're just waste, wasting it because it's an inefficient system. Yeah, and it doesn't take... The difference between earning more money in a month, getting promoted and earning 10, 20, 30% on your salary, you, it's amazing how quick your spending will just match that. It literally happened, well, for me, I can't talk about everyone, but it, it will literally will happen as quick as that month or by the latest or next month. It's crazy. And I think it was worse for me. It's because my approach was always limited to how much I earned, how much would the student, the government give me from my student loan, how much was EMA, how much was my Guyanese salary. So there were small figures. And so what was my natural habit and skill set? I, I used into when I had a salary, but it, it was, I needed to edit the approach and I didn't realize it at the time. That's something that I've started to do now. Yeah, and so what the situation you're talking about is super common. I'd say it's common for probably most people, and that's that spend creep, where as you earn more, you just creep up in terms of how much you're spending. And it's just natural, if you're not consciously deciding how you how your money situation is you're saying well this is my approach and then i'm going to follow that approach then you're you're just going to go take the path of least resistance so if there's money in the bank it's spent money in the bank it's spent and what tends to happen is you're not managing your money your employer is managing your money yeah they're giving you effectively pocket money that income is like pocket money each month and then within that month you spend your pocket money and you get into this cycle of either just getting to zero each month or some form of zero, whether it's 5,000 minus 5,000. And, you know, I think what, what's, what's interesting is the point in which you pull back out of that and start to do well financially again is when you took back control and you said, well, hold on a second. What is it that I want? What do I want my life to look like? And how is, how is my finances restricting that? What do I need to do to remove those restrictions and to build a better future? And then you started to put those things in place. Yeah. Now, so if you think about it, the period of time when it when you when you really struggle most with money is when when you didn't have that, right? Is that fair? Is that the same? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think when I didn't have very much money, I was I spent a lot of time and energy managing how I spent money as my earning capacity went up my time and energy about how I spent money. And for those, for those that are watching that, when you say I spend a lot of time uh, managing my money and thinking about money and stuff, and you know, some people might be watching, yeah, but I don't want to spend those time doing that. That's boring, it's hard work, I hate finances and stuff. Like, did you find that process hard work? You know, did it, did it feel like a drag? Like, now or when I was younger? 
now and, and, and so when I was younger I was you know I was fixated on basically having a better life and so it felt like a necessary action or journey for me to do to, to have good better outcomes in my life so you know, I didn't I didn't regret it at all like I enjoyed the process because you know I enjoyed it. well that's interesting so what you're effectively saying is if something's important enough to you you're not even really thinking about what it is you need to do and the impact of that you just do it because that's it's so vital that you're you're just drawn to to, to solving whatever you need yeah, to do I, when I was younger like I when I wanted to go to Ghana there was no doubt in my mind there was like I, I, I didn't entertain a life about me not going to Ghana basically it was as strong as that you know for all the reasons we've talked about earlier and so I was like I'm going to Ghana and it was like oh well how do I go then and so we did all that I think, yeah, so we have to wait on that point. You have to dream big and then you have to really visualize it. And then when I got a bit older, that waned a little bit. You know, do you want to go skiing or do you want to have a car or, you know, do you want a fancy gym membership? But like, you really do have to have powerful dream big and then really believe and really want it. You know, as I got older, that got relaxed a little bit and I'm kind of bringing that kind of certainty back into my life. Because we can be really certain about something. It's incredible how resourceful a human being can be. But it comes with that, you know, you can't like... Okay, so that, so for those watching that maybe don't have that strong conviction or pull towards what they want, you know, they might have ideas of things they'd like or they, they know they want a better life, but they don't have that drive, that passion or clarity on what it is they want. What would you, what would you recommend to those people? Well I, well, I can recommend what I've started to employ recently. You know, a lot of people talk about how to financially manage your money. And I, as I have highlighted, I've, I got a little bit lost over the last couple of years. And so I basically needed to simplify it. And in my mind, you've got kind of like three main things that require money each month. You've got your necessities, that your direct debits that come out every month that you need to cover. You've got your disposable income that you spend each day and each week. Before you go into like the specific recommendation around money, I just what I want to just first get clear on here. So, I think what I was hearing is in the two periods you did really well financially early on to bring yourself out of poverty, and yeah. then later on to get into a real strong financial position, you had a clear view of what it is that you wanted from life. Yeah, and 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 it was just. It was just a manner of just getting there. There was no shall I or not. You just did. You did whatever you needed to do to make that happen. Exactly. So, and you might not know. You might you might not have a view. You just it, you just happened. But have a think. What was it that allowed you to get into that position? Because right? that was obviously a powerful place to tap into. But not everybody watching this ha has has been able to get there. Yeah. So like. Okay, so more high level than going to specifics. I think you just got to get excited about something again and passionate about it. You know, you don't have to be as ridiculously certain and like mind blown away about going like I was. I appreciate that's an extreme example. But something as simple as six months ago, you know, I was noticing James was investing and was building portfolios and that excited me. I was never that big as financially he was, so I, I, I took a step back from it. But then I started to talk more about it, and it sounded exciting. And then I looked into it more in detail. And before I knew it, I became really excited about trying to set up an investment portfolio. It was my skill set. I did medicine at university. 
But the more I looked into it, the more I'm passionate about it, the more excited about it. I've got so much there, I've got traction, and I wanted to save some money every month to put into an investment portfolio so I could kind of build for the future. And that got me excited and I started reading online about it and it got me so excited that I had to start managing my money in a way to free up extra money each month to put into this. And it was nowhere near as excited and certain about that kind of thing, but it was, you know, it was definitely along that same journey. And the same thing happened with me wanting to try and buy my second property. And when I started to look at saving money to buy a second property, I realized there was not enough money in my bank account each month to cover that. Mm. And it really forced me, it was like, and I couldn't increase my earning potential anymore, which is what I historically relied on because I've taken a training post, I'm an angry registrar, I, you know, there's limits around all that. And so it, I was like, well, if I can't earn any more money, what's another way of producing more money? And it was saving and spending less money. And no one likes that because when you think about spending less money, you think restrictive, you think boring, you think saying no, you think all this horrible stuff. And you don't want to, especially when you're in your latter part of your 20s and you've had a tough life already. You just don't want to hear the word no anymore because your mind doesn't. But it forced me into looking at that. So I got passionate about two areas, investment portfolio and buying this property. And it realized I had to manage my money better. And the way that I worked for me is I just made it automated. I worked out how much I thought I needed to spend in a week or a month. And then I broke it down to what was in a week and what was in a weekend. And I basically have a amount that's automated into my account on a Monday. And that's automated account on a Friday that I think allows me to have an enjoyable weekend that I want. And on Monday, which allows me to buy my groceries and my transport to work. I've been doing it for the last six months and it's automated, it's easy and it works fine. So I got passionate about something, I made it easier, I've automated it and you know, six months in, it's going really well. Brilliant, yeah. So, you, so you've been able to establish that routine and maintain that routine by removing the, the conscious decision, having to rely on willpower, you're saying, well, look, it's automatic. I don't think about it, it just happens in the background. And so I don't have to actively change that, I have to go in and and alter that setup to be able to do it. So that's preventing you from pulling out of that that system you put in place. Yeah, and it was like, and because everything's now automated, I don't need to log into my bank account and do anything. So in theory, I don't need to ever log on to any of my accounts and transfer money or take a hundred pound out or pay someone. I occasionally might have to do it, I've someone like gig tickets or I have to transfer for a flight. That's a separate fund that we can go into detail later if, if you would like. But I think what was coming up for me is I just constantly checking my bank accounts two, three times a day. Constantly just transferring 50 pound here, 50 pound there to cover groceries, cover a gig or something. And it it was happening so often, it was impossible to, to, to keep track of. So when it's automated, you know when you log in your bank account because it's infrequent and you question yourself, why are you logging on? Do you need to log on? Do you need to spend that money? Why are you transferring that person? And when you double check yourself, if it's not needed, you know, maybe not do it. Yeah, a big, big fan of all automation because it, if you've got simple finances, you might think, well, there's no point to automate. I can just do it manually. I've got more control. I know where I am. But it will, it will hurt you in the long run. And I think a really important aspect of doing well financially, excuse me, is to think about what are strong financial habits, right? Putting those systems in place 
to build that strong financial future. So as you become more financially successful, inevitably your financial situation becomes more complicated. And the more automated it is, the less you need to get involved. And the more you're then just, you do it once, you set it up, and then you let it do its thing. You don't have to constantly check back in and rely on your own ability to stay true to whatever it is that you've set up. So you think about how much you earn, how much you spend, how much you save, where all these areas you want to go to. If you're having to constantly do that on a weekly or monthly basis, it's too difficult and there's too much movement. So by going into a monthly process, you can also average, you can create a kind of a, a routine around it. And I think that's that's how humans want their life, right? It's where we... We want it simplistic, right? We want certainty. Yeah, certainty, but also, yeah, you want, you want it to feel easy and straightforward. And I just think that if you automate things and it works for the first month, for the second month, for the third month, then your brain realizes this can work for the last few months, it will work forever. And the beauty of that is, is when you get a promotion or you increase your earning potential. So what I, because everything's automated now. So if I, if I ever earn any more, which I hope to, or of course, like everyone does, whatever's left over after my automation just sits in my bank or transferred into a savings account. Rather than when I earn more, the ability to save more. And then you become more creative with your investments rather than just falling into the habit of spending more. And yeah. it's the best and easiest way that I've found just to control my spending. And you still have freedom there. So I, for example, I'll tell you, like I get £100 on Monday and one two five on Friday. And that still gives me freedom. I can get like, you know, a nice bottle of wine on a Tuesday or I can eat out on a Wednesday, but then I just have to buy slightly less groceries. There's still freedom there. It doesn't particularly feel restrictive. Maybe I'm lucky enough because I've got, that's a decent allowance, I think. And on the weekend, you can be creative too. So it doesn't feel restrictive, it's automated. And if I earn more in the future, I'm not tempted to spend it. And then it's allowed me to be excited with my investment. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, you're kind of saying, oh, well, you know, maybe it's the situation that, you know, because I'm earning a good amount of money here, or it's not too restrictive in terms of how much I can spend, that it's okay for me. And this is a good one, because a lot, a lot of people may think, oh, well, you know, Henry earns quite a bit of money now. He's, he's doing a successful job. It's easy for him to say, because he's got the money there to, to have space. And, and I, and I want to really reinforce that is definitely not the point. The point is, given what it is that you want, what are the things that you need to do to be able to get there based on uh, what you have at your disposal? Right now, you can't earn more. So it's about how do you spend less and be able to save more to invest. Think about it pre when you first started work, when you're early on in your life, completely set different set of techniques and tactics. It's yeah. not like you'd learn a set of techniques and then you just yeah, use those the whole life. What you did was you said, what do I want for my life? How will money support that rather than restrict it? How do I come up with ways to be able to deal with that based on the resources that I have at my disposal? When you were younger, you had a different set of resources. Now you have a whole new set of resources. More money, yes. Less time, yes. Restrictions on how much money you can earn though. So you came up with different ways. So I think that really is the important bit, right? You thought about what you wanted and then you got resourceful around how you were able to achieve that based on where you are right now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what I've been passionate about my whole life hasn't changed too much. There's stuff that's been added in in the next lot. 
What would I really love? Travelling, good food, sunny holidays, new experiences, you know, dressing well, you know, having cool experiences. As you can see. What do you think, guys? Nice outfit. Very kind. Well, I love how we both wearing fire shirts. Oh, God, this is embarrassing. We're like two brothers. I, I have to say, I was the first one to buy fire shirts before James. <laughs> I know he's older than me. He's absolutely lying. I love it. So you should see his camel coat. It looks very similar to mine. I was actually going to wear a green one and I realised you were in the same colour, so I had to change. I'm going to put my green better. <laughs> but I, I say that because the skills are different, but my priorities are the same. You know, I still enjoy, do, you know, different things. You know, it's, I've grown up a little bit, I have to admit, you know, I've got an investment portfolio, I bought a house, you know, I've got expenditures, I live with my brother, you know, stuff has changed slightly, but the core of who I am is the same, what I like is the same, my passions are the same. Just the way I get to my end goal is a bit different. So if you can't relate to me now as a doctor and good money in central London, you know, there's different journeys where I empowered me to have a life that I enjoy from different resources. So I hope that showing that, you know. Yeah, very much so. I want to go back to the point which I don't feel you properly answered. And that's what I'm hearing is the number of times where you've got passionate or you've decided that something is important to you and then you've used that energy to get you to where you wanted to get to or find out the reasons. You know, let's take for example you know the recently six months ago you're like right i know you heard james was doing all of these things and you got excited about it and you wanted to pursue it what was it that that what was it at that point in time that made you go now's the time now is why i want to get these two things i want to get a second property i want to start investment portfolios um you know it's difficult to say because it wasn't like i just woke up one morning just your thoric idea of like i'm going to do that I think everything in life is a journey, right? And it, life just builds traction until it's like a seesaw in my mind. You just go at the seesaw at some point it tips. So, you know, high level, it was, you know, we were talking and you were talking about investments. And I, you know, I had it on the shelf for ages to read. It was money master game. And I started reading a holiday with David and Professor Venture like two and a half years ago. And I tried again and then it wasn't on the Kindle and it wasn't on Audible. So there was lots of setbacks. And then, you know, I started reading about it. It was like a really cool idea. It was a well-written book. And then I watched one of your videos. And then I was, and then some of my other friends were investing. And it was like these little pieces of puzzle were coming together. And then when I looked into it in more depth, I realized suddenly the potential of what financial freedom meant and retiring early and creating other incomes than your salary, you know, which a lot of people don't know about and I didn't particularly know about growing up or even the last few years. And so I think a few things came together and it was at the point where I realised I could earn money that wasn't only through my job, this concept of trading time for money, and that you could produce another income which might allow you to work less in the future. And that really excited me because everyone has hard jobs I'm not going to put out that I work any harder than anyone else but you know to work as an NH, 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 N, sorry, NHS doctor and particularly within A&E and particularly with shift patterns it's a lot you know like do I want to be working night shifts and 12 hour shifts for the rest of my life no I don't as much as I love being a doctor so this concept of maybe in the future working less of that earning another income through a different revenue than my normal job and a few things coming together in the books I read and paying thoughts and reading. And it got to the point where I started to read and know enough to, before I was dreaming about it, and then I was entertaining it as reality. 
And then there was a point where I thought, I can rec- I think I could do this. I've done some pretty cool stuff in my life that I've worked really hard at. I don't see why I can't do this. You know, James has done it. The books say you could do it. I've had great results in the past and I just got excited. So I felt like I had the tools. I felt excited enough and passionate about for it to become, and then it sort of became what I would like to do. And then it suddenly became a must. It was like, nah, I need this in my life. I need this in my life to take my life to the next level. And I've spent a lot of my life trying to take my life to the next level. And I felt a bit, you know, not stagnant in other areas of my life, but it's a passion of mine to always excel in my life. And it felt like the right time with the right resources and passion about it. And it yeah. all came together. I don't know. And then it was the seesaw. And then I felt like it was a bit of a hard work getting up the seesaw because it wasn't my skill set. I did med school at university. Like, I'm not financial. Like, I had the like innate skills of it, but I never sat down and read a book of it, right? So the idea of investing on a platform that's risky. I, you know, I didn't have an education, so that scared me for a while. And then I felt like I tipped over the edge, and I thought, what could I lose? Yeah. So, I mean, I was really, I was really listening out, trying to think, what, what, was the, what were the things behind it? Because that's, that's what I find really interesting. Because that's, that's how people can learn, you know, and, and, and then apply that. So, what I'm hearing is really three main things. One is your network. Those that are around you, it goes back to what we were talking about at length at the beginning of this conversation. You were around me. I was talking about you seeing things that I were doing in my own life. I was investing, I was buying properties. I was talking about, you watched my videos. Friends as well, doing similar things. So the fact that you were around these people and that was rubbing off on you was huge. Yeah. Okay. Big thing, we were talking about those, you know, your network is so important. Secondly, inspired. You read these books and you thought, oh my God, this is so interesting, so amazing. Look at all you can do in this area. You talk to me, you talk to others around you. you know, oh, that's amazing. Wow, how are they doing that? And it brings that energy and excitement there. And then thirdly, seeing it as possible. So you're reading it, you're watching these videos, you're talking, you're like, I could actually do that. So as soon as you bring possibility in, that I think is really the start of then moving through the stages from, oh, it's possible, to then saying, I could do that, I want to do that, to then I will do it. It's a must, right? And it's like there's different stages to get to must, and then must really is then what drags you through to whatever your difficulties are, whatever's coming up for you. Remember you said early on, you know, I, I was trying to read this book, it was hard work, I couldn't get it on the Kindle, couldn't get it on this, couldn't get it on that. You know, what would happen is if, if, if you have the wrong mindset, your brain will come up with reasons why you can't do yeah, it. Exactly. But as soon as you saw it as a must, boom, you, know, you did whatever you needed to do to get there. But if you take it back, I think it's that first step, it's that it's possible, I can do this. Coupled with excitement, inspired to do it. And then having those people around you to, 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 to create that spark, you know, that you were able to foster. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Well, you know, summary? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like you could probably use that approach for anything else that you wanted to do achieve. Yeah, because I, I quite like taking examples where we've achieved success in our life learning from that and thinking well how was i so successful in that particular area 
and then think, well, where else do I want to get success? And how do I take those learnings and put those into those areas? And we can do that from other people's successes, but we can also do it from our own. Everybody else has, everybody has their own blueprint of how we're able to achieve success. Some people achieve more or less success, but we do it often in different ways. There's general ways in which people do it, and, we, and that's what we're talking about here. But I would encourage you as well to think, how were you successful in the past? The things that you're proud of really gets the heart of what they are and then think how to, to apply them going forward. I think that's just so, yeah. so powerful. And I, I, I would like to build on that. Because I think this, this kind of, this term of success, it, you know, there's a general understanding of what success and what I understood it for growing up is there is a, an, an expectation of what success means in society. And it kind of means going to a pretty good university, getting a good degree, getting a good job, buying a house, settling down, having a couple of kids, you know, a holiday once a year. And if you kind of nail that down, you've done pretty well. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm not underplaying that. Like, that is an amazing thing to achieve. But when you reach that, you know, that doesn't mean you can't get more successful than that. And I think it, you know, it was more obvious and apparent to me and Jamie because we, from a young age, had much less than that. So we always dreamt big just to get to that stage. But because we were so used to that process of building and dreaming bigger and growing exponentially, when we got to that level, you can continue to grow. And I just wanted to, to say that like, you can always build and expand, become more successful. And I think that's the key. And I, it's important to me because when I, since I was a very young kid, I dreamt about being a doctor, earning good money, not having to say no, and going on holidays because it's what I didn't have. And when I moved to London and I became a doctor and I went on holiday regularly and I, you know, I got nice groceries and so I ate out, I still didn't feel quite happy. And it was only when I've started the last few years to expand on what I now think success is in different areas. And now I just feel a bit happy and content when I'm that. And I've, I've built on that. So I'm just saying that, you know, you've got, don't have boundaries around what you think success is. Don't just stick with the normals, you know, think hard, dream big, use a 10X all because, because I feel like people settle in life a little bit. You know, people meet to what's generally expected of what success is. And then they settle down. They try really hard. So they get to what they think is success, like almost like an event or an outcome. Yeah. Get there and then it's done. And it's normally achieved in the mid twenties, and they just sit on their laurels. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And if you, you know people are doing that, it's just not, you know, me disrespecting that. People enjoy different things, and maybe it's just my mindset. Maybe it's my childhood. It's just how my character is. But I just, you know, you know, really do dream big, do ten x, and see what's making you happy, and think, take a hard long look. You know. Are you really happy? Is there something in the area that you'd want to be a bit better at? Is it like dancing or do you want to earn a little bit more money or do you want to go more exotic holiday? I just applaud that because I think that's important, right? Yeah, agreed. I think where, where I would really call out more here, and I think you've hinted at it, is knowing what success is for you. Because success for you is different to for me and for, for everyone else in this world. There's general things people would view objectively as successful, but man, people can be very different. So I think where really what you've done is you thought, what do I actually want from life? And I think because you'd had it difficult growing up, you'd had to really think, well, I don't want what I've currently got. So therefore I need to think about what it is that I actually want. And then I need to think about how do I go and get that? 
And so you've learned that those skills to be able to do that and that's allowed you to keep using those, right? To great effect and you'll keep doing it. Think? Yeah. Key bit, what I'm picking up here is you're saying, you know, some people just say, well, there's a view of what is success. Not their view, a view. I'm gonna go get that and then I'm done. So there's the journey piece, right? It being a constant journey of building success. And exactly, and then when you've met that or you feel like you're about to meet that goal, then you make a new one. Because everyone at school was given mm -hmm. this goal of go to good university, hopefully a red brick, good degree, get a job that pays you nice money. And you go, oh, hey, what's here? And it's given to you by your teachers and by your mums and dads and by, you know, like the local person in your local church or whatever. And it's given to you because you're so young and you can't think about it on your own. But when you get older, you can start thinking about it on your own. You need to make your own ones. And I think some people don't do that. Or society don't expect it. So get you get one given when you're younger. You've got to think of your own ones and you've got to do it regularly. Forever, basically. Agreed. Look, so really, really helpful there, Henry. I think, you know, as we draw to a close, I want to take a slight different twist on this. Yeah. Let, have a think about an area where you've made like a silly mistake when it came to your finances and uh, and like what 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 was it that kind of led you into that yeah um, I think you know I kind of do two big mistakes financially one I you know we talked a little about earlier basically about me not controlling my spending and it, you know, it's, it's on the similar lines. You know, I think a lot of people have the same problem. I'm, you know, I, I discovered credit cards and it was a bad move for me. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you know, I don't know why. It's just, it was frustrating because I think with credit cards, it's annoying. It was the same thing about when I earned more money. When you earn more money, your spending increases. Which is okay, because it's your money, you've gone out, you've, you've got the job, you deserve it. And you know, yeah. by own rights, it's your money, you can spend it if you want. But it's annoying when you've been so good with every penny and pound you've had before. That's frustrating. But what's even worse than that is taking out a credit card and then using that credit card or not the credit card to spend money that isn't yours, that you have to pay back next month. And that's way too what happened. I got an Amex, like everyone talks about it, because of the bloody points and the flight thing. Yeah, but Henry. Just think about when you use that MX, like just think how much of a baller you are, mate. I know, you pull out the gold card and you get that free flight in 10 million years because you don't really get any points from that. Yeah, you know, you have air miles, mate, you know, every every pound you spend, you know. Still yet to get an air mile free flight. <laughs> but I thought, because everyone talks about it, MX is the best one. And that's what happened to me. I got a job and I increased my spending more aggressively than I should. And what was worse was I got a credit card. I got into the habit that I put everything on my Amex and the next month I would pay it off. Put anything on my Amex and, and pay it off for my next salary. And each month, what I had to pay off my Amex got larger. My cap on my Amex was 5K. I wasn't earning 5K a month. Half that or less than that. And I got into a routine where that was, became difficult. And I didn't have the same skills and the discipline to control my spending. And it got to the point where some months I basically couldn't do anything because I was so scared I was gonna to have to pay fees on my Amex. So I basically did nothing that month. And it felt like when I was 10 years old again, I was growing from a poor family and they've all said no to me. And I've gone back to where I started and that was really painful for me. Mm. And I felt like I'd gone full circle. It's kind of like I felt like I had a company and I'd gone bankrupt. It sounds silly, but it's what it felt like. And I felt, and then 
And it was only until I didn't even give up the credit card. It was some cute, weird things happened, and they thought I was credit fraud on the account, which I wasn't. Credit fraud, haven't they? You sure you should be telling this on camera? I know it sounds naughty, but I just got confused by login details. But they forced me to close the credit card down. I didn't even close it down. That's what credit cards are like. I'm not saying credit cards are all bad, and there's ways to use them smartly and wisely. But I think the the rule that people should be having is spending the money that you earn, just as a high level principle. You've got to be pretty good at managing money before you start uncorking credit cards in your life. You know, if you're in a position where you have to rely on them, you know, I don't know about them. You know, I don't have kids, I don't have dependents, I don't have these things that you know people use credit cards. But it was the biggest mistake I've had, and to this day, I don't use credit cards. I automate my finances, and I use the money that I have. And if I do need to learn a bit of money because I want to use leverage to create opportunity, that's the only way. I contact with someone very close into my life or my brother, and I ask them to lend me the money, the time frame I pay them back, and why I want that money. And because then at least you're double checking, is that a right move and sensible? And someone's holding you in check. And that was my biggest mistake. So you did talk about the learnings there, but how did you get out of it? Because this is important for a lot of people. A lot of people watch this video, probably in debt, probably got a credit card with some money on it. You know, it's very, very common. I've seen a lot of my clients. How did you, you got the learnings, but how did you pull back out of that? You're sitting there with your Amex, maybe negative 5,000 pounds every month. Stop, that's your new zero, right? How did you get back out of that? What sort of things you did? Well, you know, it was painful. I realized how destructive it was and how limiting it was. I told you, it felt like I'd gone back to ground zero. You know, it's happened twice in my life. Once, when I had graduated university, like a year or two in, and you have to get a credit card, and then what happened a little bit later. And it really, it was basically painful. I For two or three months, I couldn't do very much. I basically created my spending down to as low as possible. I think I subconsciously basically voided this, the credit card. Now, I didn't actually close it down, but they they suspected because I got my passport wrong and they wanted them, me to call them back or they were going to basically close on my credit card. And subconsciously, I just didn't call them back and I let the process of them closing down my credit card happen. And then I reduced my spending quite aggressively for two or three months to pay it off. And then that became my move, move baseline. And I promised myself that I would never get a credit card again. Okay, so you create this situation, maybe consciously or not, to not be able to use it anymore, expect you close it down, and then reduce your spending over a few uh, over a few months to be able to yeah. slowly pay that down and yeah. then create that as a new Yeah, and I just dreamt, I was like, how will I, my life feel when I'm not in debt? Not that burden, not leverage, not that pain, not experience, and it felt, you know, it didn't. Feel, it felt horrible to feel like I'd come. I worked so hard to get to that point to work in London to get a, a good job, earn good money. To feel like I'd come back full circle felt painful. So I, I created a dream and a hope of getting out of that, and I hold, held on to that. So every time people ask me out for dinner or to go to the pub or to go on away for the weekend, and I said no, this concept of this dream of getting out of that pulled me through that. And on top of that, I went for support and I asked James and I asked like a couple of my close friends and I was open about it. And then I promised myself I wouldn't use one again. And I don't have one. And I now, you know, automate my money, which I alluded to earlier. And yeah, what, yeah, I, what, what I love there is that, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of this whole concept of failure or making mistakes is actually better than not. You know, it's, it's a thing that I, I like to do because it was by doing that you learn then what, what doesn't work for you 
and then you apply certain principles in place to then not get into that situation in the first place. So, but the key thing there, right, is you have to have had that happen to you to learn that, but also that you learn from it, that you put things in place and not get into that in the future. So I think that's super powerful. Just quickly on credit cards, because I know a lot of people use it. Most of my clients I see when I first, when I first work with them are in this situation just to, to a bigger or lesser extent. Credit cards are super powerful. I use them to great effect. You know, I get I access to a huge amount of money at a very low interest rate, especially at the moment with interest rates being so low. They're amazing. But with that great power and opportunity, there's huge kind of risks and complications if you get it wrong. And the reality is most people do get it wrong. That's how these credit cards make their money. You know, that's why they offer you that 0% credit card or whatever it is, right, or really low interest rate, because they know when they pull you in, you get caught, like Henry did just there. You know, if you are finding yourself not being able to manage it or finding it ultimately being a detriment, just, just cut it, kill it. It's not, it's not a view of you not being good and a, and a slant on how bad you are. It's just recognition of your own human psychology. Set yourself up for success, create the right environment for you, and then play to that I think that's that's really powerful yeah and uh, you know just got the shame around it I felt shame around it because I've been financially independent since I was 18 and this was when I was like 20 no this is older when I was like 27 right so financially independent for nearly a decade and then not feel like that and there was shame around it I didn't want to tell Jane because I wanted to feel like I was a success in my own life or my best friends or my mom and when there's shame around it, you don't talk about it, it goes on for a long time but then you've also got to think how many people in the world have credit cards that they earn money on and they pay every month. And I'm not a financial teacher or like football, people like James are, but I would have to imagine it's the majority. So drop the shame around it, it's common practice. And if you can kill it in the bud, you know, just doing that and spending your own money that you earn, I think puts you in a better position than the average person. And that's just a great start. Just think like that, you know, drop the shame around it and that's a great first step. Have a couple of painful couple of months if you need to, but you know, you know, you've got how many, up to 100 years on this planet, I think it's worth it. Agreed. And I think that is a good topic in which to close today's conversation. You know, this concept of shame and negative beliefs around money. The whole point of why I'm doing this interview with Henry, and I'll be doing many more on this, is to break the taboo around money. People just don't talk about the topic enough. I've got friends in my life that are you know, very confident around money and it's a topic they find happy to talk about and we learn so much from it. But many people in this world just don't, especially certain topics when it talk, comes to mistakes we've made, about income we're making, how we build wealth, and all of these things. What I wanna be doing going forward and what I've hopefully done in this video is really just lift the bonnet on what's going on for people when it comes to money? How have they got the successes in their life? What mistakes have they made? And what lessons can we get from that? So hopefully we can take those on and do even better going forward. So guys, I hope you found this video interesting, as interesting as I've found doing it. You know, I've known you, Henry, uh, your whole life, obviously. And you know, we're really close. We've been very close uh, our whole life and, and I'm lucky to have you 
and it's been really insightful getting your perspective on a journey I've seen from, from the other side and really kind of jumping into some specific areas. And I've, I've learned some, some really awesome stuff and I hope you guys watching this have learned things as well. If you found this video helpful, please do like it, subscribe to check out my future weeks. I'll have a whole host of other people coming into the podcast, but we'll also be talking about other topics on how to invest, saving, you know, maximizing your saving, doing better when it comes to getting more money from, from, your, from your job and other areas to build that stronger financial future. So guys, that's all for this week and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.